You have a certain set of skills? I don't know who you are, but this is like the 50th time my daughter's been taken. I am all out of energy and money. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles has a certain set of skills. He's used Mavis Beacon teaches typing. <laughs> These days, the comic book owns pop culture. Literature, movies, television, even music. You'll find it all in the panel of your favorite comic book. Us, we're living the comic's life. We're breaking the panel. And welcome to Breaking the Panel, where we go all over the map when it comes to comic books, geekery, and other awesome sauce. I am Rock Out of Podcasting, Charles McFall. Today, we have two regular hosts and a very special guest. We got Paul Klotz. I ain't never going to give you up. <laughs> then we got Chris Wisdom. And I'll never let you down. Followed up by the one and only from MCU cast, Jeff Randall. Never gonna run around and desert you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that worked out quite well, gentlemen. Jeff, would you uh, say that you're a stranger to love? Um, you know the rules, sir. <laughs> and so do I. <laughs> this is starting to take a quick twist. I want to bring it back to the notes. So, hey, we have <laughs> – we've got no new email. So if you want to email us, we'd love to hear from you. We've got a speak pipe on the website. That is giantsizeteamup.com forward slash breaking the panel. You can leave a voicemail there. There's also the email, btp at giantsizeteamup.com. We'd love to hear from you. We love when you feedback, when you talk to us. But right now, we're going to start with this headline that I found that broke my heart, man. Now, we've talked about Star Trek, right? The new Star Trek is coming up, and I forget what it's actually going to be called. Everybody's just calling it New Star Trek, but I think it has a, an official title, doesn't it? It does. I can't remember. I just know it's an anthology series, but I can't remember the title. All right. Oh. So it's it's going to be on CBS, Right. And instead of being on CBS proper, where you can watch it on TV, they're going to debut the series uh, where everybody can watch it on public TV, so on and so forth. Then it's going behind a paywall to, honestly, I was going to mock it and say to save their struggling uh, subscription service. I honestly don't know if it's struggling. It might be doing quite well for itself. However, the only way you're going to get to see Star Trek is behind the paywall on CBS's own subscription service, which I tried out when they launched, and it was not good. Because they didn't put their two biggest shows at the time on it at all. Mentalist was in season four at the time, I think it was. Huge. Not on their subscription service. And, of course, Big Bang Theory also was not on their subscription service. So I'm like, was, what the hell's the point? Was NCIS on it? I don't remember because I'm not over 60 and I didn't care. But that's actually that's actually their oh. biggest show before you make bold claims. <laughs> Just because it's a show that you like doesn't necessarily make it their biggest show. <laughs> well, men, those, mental, it's easily arguable. Mentalist and Big Bang Theory did very, very well for CBS. They, 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 they so, do. They so do. How about but... some of their biggest okay, shows? Okay, okay. Yeah. And then, so then I, I, I would say you haven't been paying attention because that's been – that's been the deal since the beginning. They were always going to premiere it on CBS proper and then put it. That was going to be their. No, flagship. no, no. I know that's not the article. That's not the article. I was just setting up why I got my hopes up for a second. Thank you, Wisdom. <laughs> Go back and blow up some more damn tanks, Wisdom. <laughs> we got it. All right. So I saw this headline like, "Wow, new Star Trek TV series to be streamed around the world on Netflix." Ah, yes. So like, yes, I have Netflix. I get to see this new series. And then you scroll down, it goes, except in the U.S. Yep. and Canada. Not in America. Like, oh, 
Wow. CBS is partnering with partnering with Netflix to allow Star Trek to boldly go overseas. And then there's a lot of blah, 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 tildiers there because it doesn't affect me. And I don't care. However, if you are a, a worldly listener of our show and you're outside, meaning you're outside the U.S. Uh, and Canada, because apparently Canada doesn't get it this way either. You can subscribe through Netflix and you will be able to see it. Uh so it says uh, Netflix will also start stream- also start streaming every one of the more than 700 existing TV episodes from the Star Trek franchise's previous series, Star Trek the original series, to Star Trek Enterprise. That's pretty cool. Now, I watched all of Next Generation through Netflix streaming uh, many years ago. What about you guys? Obviously, CBS is going to make the U.S. patrons pay the $5.99 a month to get their all-access service. Is this something that you're interested in? And what is your memories? What are your memories of Star Trek? I remember a magnificent beard. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You love Jonathan Riker? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, How can you not? Have you you've seen his beard? <laughs> it remains epic to this day. It does. <laughs> well, is that what you based your beard off of, Klotz? No. Not <laughs> Just quick now. Um, well, I mean, like, how, what's not to remember about TNG? It kind of changed the game, right? Yeah, I think so, man. I mean, it was it struggled at first. There's a great documentary out there. I think it's on Hulu or Netflix. I can't remember which about um, the history of Star Trek as a franchise, um, particularly with TOS stuff and TNG stuff. And TOS, you know, didn't. Really, like, it almost didn't make it a few times. And then TNG was in a real dire spot, uh, particularly after the first two seasons. Um, It really took them until the third season to hit their stride and really fix things. Uh, They had a lot of problems internally with the studio and internally with the way they went about writing and everything. I mean, Patrick Stewart almost walked off at one point. Really? Over Well, because they were going to do, like an advertising spot in an episode and then they were like taking people through a tour through the set while they were shooting and he lost it because he was like you know this isn't professional this is crazy you know this is insanity this you're turning this into a theme park and that's not what this is we're serious actors we're trying to do serious work i mean just because it's science fiction doesn't mean it's not legitimate you know i Mm -hmm. absolutely take that from him right sure so i mean but well you have to realize that at the time patrick stewart was not a successful television or movie star he was a theater star if anything you know what i mean um but that's what i'm saying he had the actual chops to say we're doing we're taking this serious and we're we're professional exactly um so yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff out there if you watch a background but like for me i feel like next generation really began the ball rolling of saying okay sci-fi is not just campy nonsense anymore it's real you know, the, we're telling real stories that, you know, explore the depths of humanity and, and you know, alien kind too, a little bit, <laughs> which I really appreciated that. Like, I always loved how they used it as a, a vehicle to really explore the human condition as well as, like, just, like, everything, you know, politics, conflict, you name it. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was only furthered when Deep Space Nine came out because Deep Space Nine is a, uh, I think, often an underappreciated show. Yeah. Uh, because it kind of like it also changed the game. It, it approached it in a different way. And rather than being like the weekly, 
you know, the, the episodic, like this week is a completely fresh episode and we might self-reference a little bit, but it's really, nothing's really connected to going in the direction of, okay, these stories are fluid and flowing and they're going to be connected. Um, so together, I think they form a really great legacy, but yeah, TNG in particular is, I mean, it kind of like from my generation growing up in the eighties and nineties, it, it's what pulled me into Trek. Like, yeah, the TOS was never going to do that for me because it was so dated by the time I got to see it. Um, I can go back and appreciate it now. You know what I mean? Sure. But yeah. it wasn't going to grab you and bring you into the universe. Right. No, especially not as a, a kid yeah. or a teenager or something. Um, and TNG looks a little rough sometimes. It's a little rough around the edges, but <laughs> it's still That's an true. amazing technological achievement. Um, I personally distinctly remember growing up and watching it with my dad. And he would watch the reruns every night. You know, like I think it was like 7 o'clock or 7.30. It would come yes. up. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd watch it. You would usually be eating dinner or something. And I remember him, there, were, there was a bridge scene. I don't remember what episode. I don't remember what was going on. But it was one of the, you know, conflict-based ones where Picard is like, you know, talking to some other leader through the view screen. And I'm like, this is so cool. And he's like, well, you know, by the time you're an adult, this will probably be a reality. You'll pro- we'll probably have spaceships and stuff like that. <laughs> Funny part is like, you know, the, the view screen, we've got that. We've got, we got large, that, right? we've got large, you know, LCD technology now that we've has got super, tablets. That'll let us talk we've to got each tablets. Other. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, there was a point where I was like, oh, dad, dad, you were full of crap. We never got that stuff. There's no spaceships. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we've got, you know, smartphones and tablets. I'm like, it's insane because the smartphones are more sophisticated than the tricorders were in Trek. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. We've actually surpassed that technology in some ways. Um, so yeah, no, I, I've hugely influential series. Um, I love it. Like I still every once in a while. I mean, like I said, it can be rough around the edges at times, uh, particularly because it's such a, a late '80s '90s thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, some of the, the the filmography of the time, the way it was shot, or the actual film they even used to shoot the, it like, on. Even just the like the tone, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it, it's got the the way it's written. It's, I mean, we forget sometimes that the last ten fifteen years has been filled to the brim with phenomenal television and phenomenal television yeah. writing. Um, like, which you know, old old school stuff was never like that. You know what I mean? Even relatively new school stuff like TNG wasn't structured the same way modern television is and it it it's great you know um but yeah. it was definitely great for its time and i will always love it i remember kind of similar what you're talking about except older my dad would always brush on from whatever he was doing working and would watch the, the tos the original series mm-hmm. and i loved it i mean i remember being the biggest episode i remember is there was some stowaway on the enterprise and they got everybody off the ship except bones spock and kirk of course and bones sits there with this magic device to me i mean it's this great magic of sci-fi and he like erases they're they're listening to the heartbeats in the ship and he erases the heartbeat sound from one of them then from the other then from himself and you hear one more heartbeat and that's how they know there's a uh, they actually confirm there's a stowaway and blah 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 the reason I remember that, I don't know why it just blew me away, but it did. But I went back years later as a teenager and adult who had been already in the world of AV. As in, I was doing AV since I was 12 years old. So I was messing with microphones and stuff. Went back and watched the episode. And that's just a microphone without a cable on it. Is what they, they just used a <laughs> microphone. And I had no idea. I mean, it's the magic of TV, right? You, yep. you buy into it. Uh, then, of course, I do remember when The Next Generation premiered. Uh, and 
And it was, I watched every episode that ever came on as it came on. It was a big family ordeal. It, and I remember we were watching the episodes and commercials would come on. And they were timed specifically. So my dad could run into the kitchen and make popcorn for everybody. And about the time he came back over, like, the show's coming back. He'd come running into the living room and great family stuff. But I got to say, Deep Space Nine, I will say, is underrated because it, it took a long time for it to grab my attention. When it was on the air, it did not really grab my attention. Mm-hmm. But going back and watching it, it was super well done. And I would definitely agree with Klaus saying it's probably underrated because most people were like me with it. it. Just didn't have the flash and the pomp that that it, TNG had at the time, mm-hmm. and it was different. But it was a good different. Uh, and I remember Voyager when it came on Enterprise. I didn't watch while it aired. I ended up going back and watching, binging on the series either through Netflix or some other way. I don't remember, <laughs> uh, but I did watch it. I thought it was well done as well. But Voyager was one of my favorites because it took you into unknown everything you know they're Mm -hmm. stranded they're out there it was fun what about uh you wisdom what do you got um i wasn't a big star trek guy i liked original series and i remember uh when i was a kid watching the cartoon on uh on nickelodeon i think or nick at night whenever it was that it was on i've heard the cartoon is horrible yeah it's not great but i mean (laughs) i was i was a kid living in a small town in kansas so there was (laughs) well yeah kid i mean as a kid everything's fine right um so I watched I watched that in original series. I never got into never got into Next Generation. Never got into Deep Space Nine or Voyager. I really liked Enterprise, and I'll tell you, Scott Bakula was the draw for me on that. Yeah. That was the reason I I, right. I got into it. And then the series was really good. And I'd always liked the movies. Um, you know, every time one of the movies came out, I always went and watched mm-hmm. it. But um, some of the movies were pretty rough around the edges, though. Yeah, yeah well, absolutely. The first one was was really bad. But I'll the take, motion picture. Yeah, the yeah. motion picture. But um, being a kid, when it, the first one that I remember seeing in the movies was uh, the Voyage Home. So mm-hmm. for some reason, that one still has like a special place in my heart. That, that might have been the one I saw in the theater. That's as well so I, I I I tend to look at that one through some rose colored glasses, kind of the same way that I watch uh, Superman Four: The Quest for right. Peace. So, my, so this, must be, this must be number four. Is <laughs> for some reason I like number fours. <laughs> Hello, computer. Computer. Well, you have to use the mouse. Hello, I computer. I remember watching Wrath of Khan. And just, like as a kid who was like I I was like I want to say like somewhere between ten and twelve when I really got into Star Trek and Star Wars at the same time like one summer I was visiting my grandmother in Boston I was watching you know the reruns during the day when I could catch them and I got and I ended up watching Star Wars at the same time for the first time since I was a little kid you know like actually watching it as like a cognizant young adult kind of thing and yeah like. That Wrath of Khan in particular really pulled me in, and I was like, "Holy yeah. crap! This is a phenomenal movie. It was awesome." Yep. And that's what got me to really actually like TOS, you know, to a certain degree. I mean, TOS is really difficult sometimes because some of it is just nonsense. But um, the whole, you know, the whole run, like, there's always the thing about Star Trek as a whole as a franchise is none of the series have ever been like so bad that they're unwatchable. They've had rough moments, but they've always had like some really exceptional storylines, some really exceptional episodes. So that's something that I've always appreciated, you know. Yeah. What about you, Jeff? Jeff. Oh man, you can't. I remember a magnificent beard. No, I. uh, (laughs) (laughs) I watched. I think it was reruns when I was much younger of uh, TNG. And never really got around to watching any of the other series, even though I'm like, it's on my list. It's it is on my list. It's just my list is never touched and very 
uh, right. expansive. <laughs> um, so I watched TNG reruns when I was younger. I would fall asleep to it every single day. My TV was set on a timer to automatically turn off whenever TNG ended. And um, I, almost, I was waiting I was... for you to say whenever TNG started. I was like, <laughs> wow! <laughs> like automatic... Well, no, there were times where it would turn off and it was like a two-part episode. And I'm like, don't, no, no, no! And I would like jump out of bed and turn it on. <laughs> so like, I really got into to TNG, but I never was like a Trekkie. And I have never been like, a, you know... A Star Wars guy, like in the in the big war, I've, I've just been like, eh, they're they're Get both alright. Out. Out. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to. I would have to with Jeff. Have I never. I thought there's enough love for all. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I had to. I didn't have to fight. Uh, so, will you guys? Will you pony up the six dollars a month to see the new series on the CBS All Hell Access? No. Well? no, 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 Hell no, no, no. No, I'm not going to pay you... almost Netflix prices for one show. No. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> right. Uh, well, there is NCIS, as you pointed out, Chris. Yeah, but that's all right. I'm not 60. Yeah. I'm not 60. <laughs> <laughs> that's, like, that's definitely the leading quote, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I am disparaging. It's not like I'm saying it's a bad show. I'm just saying CBS... When they were part of the big three before there's a million channels to pick from, right? They were still the old people channel. And nothing they've done has changed that image. And I think they have tried. I think they've tried a couple times over to change their image and get a younger crowd. And it's just... You mean like you mean like uh, Supergirl? In, no, he means like CSI Cyber. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean like Big Bang Theory, but... But it's still kind of a old feeling comedy, right? Right. Like I can watch Big Bang with my grandma, and she would watch it every night. You know. But but Big Bang Theory is the the CBS accident, right? Like that was never that was never supposed to happen for them. I don't even think like if you watch the first couple seasons, they didn't expect it to happen for them. You know what I mean? They got lucky. They had some really good writers, you know, that touched on nerd culture and pulled the nerds in. And then mm-hmm. the nerds kind of all mostly walked away and normal people were watching it all of a sudden kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, so like, yeah, no, I mean, my whole thing, my whole thing with this whole conversation, we talked about this before a few months ago, right? Right. Why are you launching your own streaming service when there are a number of well-established resources out there for you to offer your programming through like why are you trying to like why would you lay the railroad track next to you know the intercontinental railroad you know what i mean like why would you try to do that why would you try to blaze your own path when you have hulu netflix and amazon being the big three available like it doesn't make any sense and they're already partnering with netflix like why right, not right. just partner a little bit more? They've partnered with Hulu some. You can get elementary, not in the standard Hulu way, right? You don't get elementary the day after it airs, but I've been watching three seasons now. They put the fourth season that just finished on Hulu, and I can watch it. You don't so they're partnering with other sources. What that sounds like to premium. me is that they're making it difficult to find their content. Yeah. And oh, to me, they've always been that way. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. You know, yeah. uh, that's ultimately why I canceled the service after a month of, of testing it out. It just 
it wasn't going to give me anything I wanted. Well, no. okay. I, th- I think one of the things I didn't, I've never understood about this, the way CBS has interacted with Hulu is that, okay, if you don't want to put all of your, if you don't want to put your episodes up 24 hours after they aired, like every other network that's partnered with Hulu, mm-hmm. at least do it at the mid season because CBS has long seasons. So at your yeah. mid season break, put your previous half of the season up then. So you've got to wait till the mid season break before you can catch up on the show. But then when that new season, when the, when you come back from that mid season break, you've got people hungry for that second half of the season. And this is another thing that leads me to feel like it's an old channel is they're acting like an old channel, right? Uh, we don't understand that technology. We're not going to, oh, uh, no, you know, it just didn't. Really? Because it's been very successful for other channels. And NBC has its own streaming app. You don't have to pay for it. It's free. Yeah. Fox has its own streaming app. Again, free. But you know what? Probably, I'm guessing because of my experience, most people probably go to Hulu yeah. and well, pay for the service. And I don't necessarily have a problem with them having a semi-exclusive app, but do it the way AMC does. If you're not, if so, if you're not going to pay for the AMC app by itself, you log in with your customer info from your right. cable provider, and mm-hmm. boom, you've got access to it. That's the same with HBO, Showtime, right? Uh, not Stars because yeah. Stars kind of dropped dropped the ball on that, but that's not here nor there. <laughs> Uh, now, before we go off on, on ranting, me ranting more about how CBS is old, they've actually gone ahead and announced the fourth Star Trek film. Now, the third one opens like this weekend, I think mm-hmm. it is. Uh, Star Trek Beyond. Uh, yeah, opens its theaters on Friday. I am very much looking forward to it. I don't care if it's Star Trek Fast and Furious. I like, <laughs> I like all things Star Trek. So I'm looking forward to whatever this is, especially Simon Pegg helped pin it, and it's going to be awesome. But they they actually went ahead and greenlit the fourth film, which I heard today that I think it was on the morning stream. I heard this that this was a rejected this was a rejected script from the first film because they felt like it was too Star Trekky, and they're going to use it for the fourth film. It has to do with time travel and some other stuff. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so then that lead in it because wow. I just read I just read an article today talking about how they the reason they can't have Kirk in is because of the way the timeline was fractured and they could have they could have Spock in because he jumped in at a point prior to Kirk dying in generations I, I don't know it was very confusing to read the article but if it's going right. to be with the, and that's what they said in the the article was so really the only way that you can have Shatner as Kirk is to do a time jump forward well so I guess I I I guess <laughs> Uh, we, Star Trek now, Star Trek is notorious for time travel and time arcs constant throughout the entire series from beginning to end. Everybody, uh, this is all right. Anybody, if you, if you're out there listening and you work in the film or television industry, stop using time travel. (laughs) Even you, Dr. Who screw it. Throw out that whole (laughs) discard it. Now that's a whole different kind of thing. Here's my thing. I've talked about this a little bit in the past. Time travel is messy. It makes no sense. It causes continuity issues always, like we're talking about right now. You do a time travel movie, you have continuity issues 15 years later when you want to do, you know, something like something good. You know what I mean? Because we, we suddenly have amazing Star Trek movies coming out. Even if you didn't like the last one, it was well done. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yes. As a film, like even if you're right. if you're a hardcore Trekkie and you're like, but it wasn't Star Trek, it's still a good sci-fi movie. It's a great take on Khan. Yes, I, I liked it. Yeah, I yeah, loved yeah. it. But like yeah. hardcore Trekkies are like that movie's garbage. It's not even Star Trek. It's basically like 
Star Wars or something. I don't know. God, you, that sounds a lot like Matt. <laughs> Maybe I'm channeling my MCU cast right now. Maybe you're just a figment of my imagination. I'm channeling Matt too. Um, yeah, I mean, like, oh, like, stop using time travel. Time travel is messy. It it sucks. Like to touch back on Flash, this the season ending of the most recent season mm-hmm, of Flash. Mm-hmm. Like they they were using time travel all throughout it, and they were doing it in such it was such a light touch where they're like, we're going to alter things a little bit, we're going to show you a little bit of what could happen, and we're going to come back. I liked that until the end of the season when they're like, uh, well, it's because they're, no, they're they're actually building towards a very big specific comic book storyline. Yeah. No, no, I, I understand yeah. that, but like they also to me just invalidated two you know two seasons of a television show through one act you know what i mean through well, it one depends on where they, it, it, yes yeah. unless they do what i think they're going to do with the story i don't want to because there's people who don't know i don't want to yeah. spoil the conversation i'm just saying like yeah. that's the problem with time travel is it gets messy it gets now, sloppy but you, to to the truth yeah. to to the heart of the flash though that's always been a central point is especially when you're talking oh, with, with with Barry that he, he's always wanted to be able to do more but he understands the responsibility of going back and so, so I mean they're they're faithful to the source material in that I respect I get that so. but I also I think like the average viewer you you when you it loses a lot of authenticity when you're always doing time travel that's mm-hmm. my big issue with Doctor Who I like Doctor Who. I like I like the quirkiness. I like the you know individual episodes and stuff. But as an overarching story, I'm often frustrated with the fact that he just does some timey wimey bullshit and <laughs> wand waves, as I call it, away mm-hmm. the dilemma. And I'm like, there's too much Deus Ex Machina in time travel. Stop doing it. Is my thing. Like, stop. Well, everybody uses it as a crutch to do whatever they want to do. And sure. It's also one of the ways I think they accommodate bringing in like different writers with different ideas and stuff. They're like, oh, we'll just do some time travel bullshit, timey wimey bullshit, as I like to call it. Wow, and, three in a row, I, man! Come on, well, come on, you're killing me. Sorry, I'm ranting here. I'm ranting. We're gonna leave it. We're gonna leave it. But yeah. Uh, oh, is this supposed to be G-rated? <laughs> no, not G- sort of. Not G-rated, but yeah, we've had issues in the past. Let's just say, let's say there comes a point I'm where I'll have to call about it out. Time travel, Charles. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know what? I know why you're so mad about time travel, though. I get it. I know why you're so mad because it is past the 19th of the month. You can no longer get this month's loot crate. I get that. Mm-hmm. You can't go back before the 19th and order loot crate. But you know what? Clots, it's okay. You got a new crate coming up in August. And until we know what that is, I'm just going to let you know. Go to lootcrate.com <laughs> forward slash giant size team up. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll get August's box. We're not sure what the theme is yet. They'll tell us in a few days. But you know you've got a wide range of stuff you can get from Harry Potter, Potter, Marvel Comics, Fallout 4, Star Wars, and everything else. I'm sure sometimes they sneak a DC thing in, but, you know, that's the redheaded stepchild of the geek world. So. <laughs> Dirty <laughs> DC things. <laughs> All right. So lootcrate.com forward slash giant size team up and enter code giant size team up to save $3 off any subscription. That's how that rolls. Now, Klotz. I got a story for you. I know it's not quite in the order, but we'll we'll reverse the order here a little bit because I know wisdom. You found this one. We'll let you lead it, but I know it's going to warm the cockles of Klotz's heart. <laughs> so Leslie Jones, one of the stars. Nope, jump down. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, jump down. Oh yes, yes. Oh, I'm glad I get to lead this one in. Yeah, lead yes. this one in. So the season three trailer um, for Star Wars Rebels on Disney um, 
Which is excellent yeah, animation. Yeah, it, um, okay. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I like it better than the Clone Wars. I, I see. Wars I like I like Clone Wars better than I like this. Okay. But um, the <laughs> season three trailer dropped at uh, Star Wars Celebration this last week, and somebody that I've been waiting for since the old EU was. Uh, was decidedly omitted from existence. Excuse for, me, sir. I think you're referring to Star Wars Legends. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Star Wars Legends. Um, but a certain blue-skinned, red-eyed um, Grand Admiral will be joining the ranks. Um, it, Grand Admiral Strawn is going to finally make his appearance in the new Star Wars continuity, and I couldn't be more pleased. Now, there were a couple other things that had me giddy as I watched the trailer, because Grand Admiral Thrawn does not appear until the last, uh, like, five, ten seconds. Um, we get to see some... Some TIE fighters go rogue, and their pilots defect to the Rebel Alliance, and we get introduced to Mr. Wedge Antilles for the first time, which, Woo! yes. <laughs> but then at the, at the, last, the last 15 seconds of this trailer, it's, it's this, this voiceover. It is um, it's Mickelson. It's Lars Mickelson, right? Um, yep, the brother of Mads. Yes. Yeah, of Mads, yes. He's, he's going to voice uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, which I'm okay with. I would much prefer... Uh, Idris Elba, because I think that man should play everything. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, he's 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 looking at artwork. He's looking at digital artwork and talking about how you need to know your enemy and you can't just know their tactics. You can't just know how they fight. And it's it's so far from what we've seen in the trailer. Other than I'm not a fan of the animation for his face, I would have done something different. But uh, it's spot on, spot on. You can't you can't get better than what they've done. Here's what I like from the article. Some things to note. Number one, he's definitely referred to as Grand Admiral. Number two, there's no mention of anything else from Heir to the Empire or the other two books of the trilogy. So don't go so don't go thinking those novels have suddenly been added wholesale to the new canon. Uh, but three, he's being voiced by Lars Mickelson, as you talked about. And then uh, uh, four, they said three again, but four, Timothy, Timothy Zahn himself sent a video message giving his full approval. Yes. He's- so, from what I understand, he is somewhat involved. Yeah, well, and that's that's actually that's the other the other big half of that that I forgot. So, with, along with Thrawn being introduced in season three, we're going to get a Timothy Zahn Thrawn novel later next year. Mm-hmm. Titled so, what? Zahn Thrawn. <laughs> Thrawn. That's all you need. Thrawn. New York bestseller right there, just because those words are together on a cover. Mm-hmm. Now, now, Jeff, now we know Jeff is from the MCU cast. It's mcucast.com. They're one of their great shows here on the Giant Size Team Up Network. And we know you know all things Marvel, but we don't know much beyond that. So is this something that uh, gets you going? Are you familiar with Thrawn? Are you excited about Star Wars? Do you give it, you, would you rather be working out and with your buff jock friends or something? Oh, oh yeah, bro. <laughs> crunch up protein and lift things. <laughs> bro, do you Thrawn? <laughs> is this some new supplement, bro? What's in it? Thrawn. What's the power blend? Uh, I um I never read any of the EU stuff. Um, the only Star Wars book that I read was Deceived, which was based on um, uh, the storyline of God. I can't even remember his name now. Malgus, Darth Malgus, from uh, the Old Republic um, MMO game. Which was a lot of fun when you play it. If you assume that it's a story and not an MMO, I think I think <laughs> they need to drop the MM from the O. It's an online game. Yep. Yeah. 
but you know that's that was the only book that I read and I loved it but it wasn't Timothy Zahn it wasn't this and um I've been going back and I guess binging on uh on what was it the clone wars before I hit rebels just kind of catch up so I'm not I'm not caught up with you guys I'm sorry I'm not that excited it's neat <laughs> it is neat well, then you need to go read that trilogy and then tell me you're not excited. That Thrawn okay. is hands down yeah. the okay. single best villain in the Star Wars universe, and I'm putting him up against Vader. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the thing. It, like, if you don't understand what all the hubbub is about here, Jeff and others at home. Um, <laughs> I know there's others with me. You know, basically, there. I mean, there are a ton of novels from the 80s and 90s. The, and that established this whole canon, you know, the Legends canon, um, that is no longer part of the official Star Wars canon. But of all of them, there were some gems, but really the Zahn trilogy is heralded as, like, the rock-solid, top-of-the-heap, best-of-the-best, king-of-the-world, king-of-the-hill, king-of-everything, you know, of the Expanded Universe writing. It was really king exceptional. King-of-the-verse? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't stop that signal, bud. <laughs> um, very exceptionally crafted. It had long-standing impact on other works in the expanded universe because it was uh, it was constantly referenced in everything else. It was phenomenal, and it was it's a really exceptional character, particularly because the Empire being very xeno well, not quite xenophobic. That's not really the right word. Well, it's well, that is the right word. Yeah, yeah, it is the right word. Yeah, um, where they you know humans generally are much more successful and they're regarded more highly in the hierarchy of the organization than aliens are. Everybody else is always like looked down on. Thrawn is an alien. He's Chiss. So yeah. Yeah. it's a big deal that he is who he is, and he's a brilliant tactician and an exceptional leader, and it's it has really amazing like implications for the future of where they're going with what they're writing right now, which mm-hmm. is great. I mean, I am... I'm six to midnight. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> for sure so i'm excited that's why we're all excited guys yes i know i recognize the name of timothy zahn because he goes or he um makes an appearance at dragon con like literally every year that i've been yeah like and every time i'm going through the featured list i'm like hey there's a another author that i won't be going to see <laughs> <laughs> well maybe maybe this year jeff you and i will walk through the author's circle and just yell thrawn and keep on going <laughs> yeah we can do that I'm okay with that. Uh, I like right, yelling cool. things. Yeah. Especially <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Uh, I, I, I uh, walked past Patrick Stewart last year and just went, hey, that's Patrick Stewart. And I just kept on going. Because the line was really long to get him to sign whatever it was that uh, people were having him sign. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm not paying attention. Are, I don't know, man. I, I have such mixed feelings about, you know, actor and other, you know, pop culture celebrity appearances at conventions because a lot of so they're i'm sure they're gracious people you know what i mean i'm sure they're appreciative of the support and typically everything. but there is so much money tied up in that oh yeah it's crazy like you often have to pay like 50 to 100 dollars or more to get a picture taken with a celebrity and have mm-hmm. them sign a, a, a shitty headshot you know what i mean i'm sorry I, I, <laughs> I feel strongly the S word just rolls off my tongue. Well, um, you know, it, yeah. it depends on uh, how good your costume is. <laughs> you know, that's, I suppose that's true. 
because my uh, my second year at Dragon Con, I was just I was walking through the the famous people zone, as I mm-hmm. like to call it. And I just kind of happened to glance over. I'm wearing my steampunk Thor stuff. <laughs> glance over, and Felicia Day sees me like right as the time that I look at her, and she just like her jaw drops, and she goes, "Oh my god!" And like being who I am, I just kind of go, "I know, right?" <laughs> 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 and then she like motions me over and demands that I take a picture with her, and I, like gets her co-star who uh, plays Blades in the Gill in the guild um gets him to take the picture and i'm just like okay and then she posted to like all of the social media places i'm like oh oh yeah she liked it cool yeah i'm internet famous now (laughs) for that for that one sliver in time right oh yeah i mean Uh, you know we all podcast but that doesn't mean we're famous yeah yeah yet 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 charles with the yet tm yeah, to you. You uh, uh, yeah, man. Meeting these people, there are some people I decidedly just did not want to meet because uh, I'm a big fan of Doctor Who and Torchwood. And the particular year, I think it's the first year I went a couple of years ago. Uh, two of the main people from Torchwood were at a table signing, and it was just something about it. When I looked at them, I was like, I'd rather keep the illusion of what your character does on the screen. Mm-hmm. Then catch you on a stressed out day when I'm not going to pop down money. I'm not. I'm just. I'll wait in line to say hey to you maybe and shake your hand, but I'm not going to give you money. So that's going to irritate you anymore. Um, so yeah, I'd rather just keep the illusion of of what I've seen because it, it, sometimes you don't need to meet your heroes, right? You don't need to meet somebody who did an iconic character for you, like Riker, right? Do you really want to meet Jonathan Frakes? Actually, yes. Yes, I do. Well, you might have a chance with Booze and Phasers because Audrey Kearns, who Booze and Phasers, one of our newest shows added to Giant Size Team Up. They're amazing over there. Go check them out. But Audrey Kearns has a story of flying to Dragon Con a couple years ago when they were doing a big Star Trek hoo-ha. Obviously, this is the 50th anniversary, so it wasn't an anniversary thing, but they were doing something big. Uh, Maybe it was like 25 years of TNG or something. And she happened to be on the plane with... uh, Nichelle Nichols and Jonathan Frakes and I forget who else, but essentially she sat next to Nichelle and talked to her the whole time. And then at the airport, she was standing next to Jonathan getting bags and she asked him if she could take a picture. She said he looks down at her because he's taller than she is and, and had that no face on and saw she was a cute blonde and went, okay. And she <laughs> so, you know, and because, you know, he's right there on the edge of the con, right? So he's going to be charging to get pictures and he's going to have to be in the habit of saying no. Otherwise, you're saying you're signing autographs all day in the hallway and can't go anywhere. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, so, that is obviously yeah. the, the burden of celebrity. The tough part about it is like when you bump into somebody who's famous and you really appreciate them, you know, for you, it's this moment that only happens like maybe once or twice in a lifetime organically. Right. You know I mean, but for them, it's like. I'm just a normal person. I just want to live my life. I got to go do this thing. But everybody out of the sun is stopping me every five minutes and they want something from me. So that I could see how that's exhausting. I mean, that's the tough part, though. Like, you know, you, I, I like to um, I like to like re- on Reddit, there'll be like occasionally there'll be an ask me anything or not ask me anything, but like a uh, ask Reddit thread about like, you know, have you met famous people and what were your experiences? And you see some really exceptional stories. 
like some people talking about people going above and beyond, taking time out of their day, you know, people who are very busy, who have a lot of, you know, obligations and responsibilities. Right. And then you see some real horror stories, like people that I really like and respected until I read these stories. And then it causes you to do a little bit of a Google search or they link to another thread and you see even more. And it's it's heartbreaking. Like you said, you don't don't meet your heroes because sometimes they're not who you think they are, particularly if they have a well sculpted public persona. You know what I mean? Yeah. So now Eddie McClintock, who was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as a Cree mm -hmm. and he was on Warehouse 13 as uh, Pete. And now he's doing other stuff. He's a regular uh, because of Warehouse 13. He's a regular at all these conventions. And he was doing uh, the show that Audrey puts on at Dragon Con called Five Truths and a Lie. And then she has a celebrity panel and it's storytelling and it's fun. And it's this big thing. And he was on the panel and I was outside waiting in line to get into the next panel behind it. And so when he came out, he's, of course, being escorted by, as they do, they have their escorts to get them through the crowds and whatever. And I just happened to look over and went, Eddie, he stopped himself knowing all day he'd been signing autographs and being on panels. Because that's literally what these guys and ladies do at these cons is if they're not on the panel, they're at their booth signing autographs and they're walking in between. So that's their whole day. And this is 10 o'clock at night. So he's finally in his night. Man, he stopped, shook my hand. And I said, like, I don't want, I know you're tired. I don't want to take your time. But he was willing to talk to me for a minute and give me time out of his day. And I was like, that makes you awesome, man. I, I really appreciate you as a person. And and then I very quickly let him go because I'm like, I'm not that asshole who's going to do that to you. But, um, yeah, some people are really great, and some people might not be. So mm -hmm. just just be cool. That's all we're saying. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with the big headline, man. We're going to talk about Ghostbusters, Leslie <laughs> Jones, <laughs> and some nerd rage, man. we <laughs> got to <we> gotta <laughs> do it. <with> <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back in a second. And we're back. All right, two would like to take on the Leslie Jones headline. Not it. My finger's on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it, Chris. You can do it. I'll, uh, I'll jump I mean, in. I'll really jump in. All right, do it. Oh, no, I meant like I would jump in on whoever led it. Oh. <laughs> I, just, I just did the strong thing. Uh, no, I've got, I've got thoughts. I've got thoughts. But All right, yeah. all right here. I'll read the headline, oh. and we'll, we'll get the thoughts going. So, of course, we've talked about Ghostbusters and how the – I think universally panned the first trailer was. And it all to me, it all links on that 20-some-odd years ago, 28 years ago, four scientists saved the city. It's like, don't if it's a reboot, don't, don't do that. That's whatever. But I've still held the thought that I want to go see this. It looks fun to me. I think Klotz and everybody, although we've expressed opinions, we've truly reserved judgment until we go see it. None of us here has actively gone to see it. That's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the great stand that Chris led here on the Breaking the Panel page, facebook.com forward slash Breaking the Panel, because you said exactly what I would have said, sir, about this has to stop. And the headlines from the New York Times, Leslie Jones, star of Ghostbusters, becomes target of online trolls. And we'll just read part of it here. Leslie Jones, one of the most visible and accessible stars in the all-female remake of the Ghostbusters movie, uh, is that real quick? Is that code for uh, she's not as famous as everybody else? That, <laughs> I mean, no? that's fair. She's been a featured player on SNL for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like she's not a full cast member. Last I checked. Is that oh really? Yeah. Is the the featured players thing is like they're like junior cast members. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, well, I was kind of making a joke, but now it's just gotten sadly real. Well, I mean. <laughs> <you know. laughs> 
you know. I'm sorry. All right. Back to We need to get to the seriousness. I'm sorry. Uh, but she, uh, she uh, yeah, she has said that she would leave Twitter after becoming the target of online trolls who sent her a stream of pornography, racist speech, and hateful memes. Mrs. Jones, who is black, and her white castmates have endured months of criticism since the announcement of a reboot of the blockbuster franchise. And we all know about that. Uh, but her frustration appeared to come ahead, uh, to a head on Monday. Okay, I have been called apes, she wrote on Twitter. Even got a pic with semen on my face. I'm trying to figure out what human means. I'm out. Chris, lead on, sir. All right. Well, this kind of goes... This is something I was wanting to talk to when we had like Brian on the show, too. I, like, I feel like we need to seriously take a step back and devote an entire episode to this, just because we're getting out of hand on this stuff and i feel like captain america the uh ha- the hashtag give cap a boyfriend um mm-hmm. thing was kind of a good uh a good example of it but I, w- I won't go there this is just this is ridiculous that that a person has to put up with this in this day and age and i i got on and i saw some of the pictures that they were posting and some of the more um obscene uh comments on twitter and it it's it's just ridiculous that, that people think it's okay to respond with this vitriol. And, you know, when she would call out, when she would have an actual Twitter account, um, mm-hmm. and not an anonymous one with whatever rando picture they put on there, and right. she would call them out, or she would report them or block them, then she would immediately be attacked by 50 of the anonymous accounts. That, that stuff just really got crazy. Um, I want to say, oh, are you guys tracking on the original Ghostbusters? What does that mean? Okay, in the 19... I want to say it was the 1960s, there was a Ghostbusters TV show in the morning with... Oh, yeah. The with, two old uh, guys and the gorilla, and that's what... The, Grodd, his name was. And, the, and that's what the Ghostbusters cartoon was based on. And when we had to make the delineation between Ghostbusters and the real Ghostbusters. So there was a picture that was posted that showed that cast, and they put... It's, uh, 2016 isn't the first time there's been an ape on the Ghostbuster, on Ghostbusters. Oh. So, I mean, it is that it is that level, and there's no reason for it. None, none whatsoever. Like, you can dislike the movie all you want. Whether you've seen it or not, I don't care. I'm, I, if you tell me that you don't like the movie and you have strong reasons for not liking it that are actual reasons, like you made an informed decision at least, then I'll, I'll listen to you. Um, but if you're just going to hate the movie out of, patently out of hand without having at least viewed it, I have problems that's, with that because you're not wait, informed by making that decision. That's not hating the movie. Yeah. Right. That's, no, no, that's an personal yeah, attack against an actress. Absolutely. absolutely. Would they say the same thing? I, I forget the actor's name, but the guy who plays Winston. No. Would they say the same thing no, to him? No. But, and see, and that's, that's the thing, too, is it's not like even going back to the original Ghostbusters, that, that part of Winston, I mean, that fell to studio pressure of, uh, of some diversity. Um, Winston was supposed originally that character was written as one of the smartest guys on that team, probably second only to Egon. And he had, he had a history of being a, I want to say like a self-taught engineer. Um, he high ranking in the Navy, retired Naval, uh, Naval engineer. Bryce had like special weapons. And stuff yeah. So, um, I mean, he was supposed to be at an Egon level, but then the movie you got, the, the execs didn't like that. They wanted to focus on the three. And now you can say, you can easily say, well, they wanted to focus on Murray, Aykroyd, and Ramus. And you probably wouldn't be incorrect. But there was, there was a chance there to give some real diversity uh, exploration in the 80s that was missed. And now you just snowball into this. I, I don't, people that are making the right 
criticisms of the movie I don't have a problem with. But these these are not the right criticisms. These are personal attacks. They have nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. Um, and I, well, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's 2016. It is no longer acceptable to dislike or hate someone, and it should, never should have been, right. because of the color of their skin, their gender, their sexual orientation, their religion, any of that. It, I want to add. I want to add because you're absolutely correct. I want to add to that though. There, it, it's not acceptable to just hate on somebody because they were in a film, whether good, bad, or otherwise. You know, it's not acceptable for her to be getting it's, this yeah, stuff. It's, it's because of her appearance yeah, in a I mean, movie. You know, if the movie's bad, I, and I haven't seen it, so I don't know yet. I hated the trailers, but if the movie's bad, then say that. Say the movie sucked. If somebody's performance was subpar, if if you're fair about it, say that. You know, be like, oh, I didn't appreciate Leslie Jones' performance in this film. This is why. Uh, you know, and there's absolutely room, you know, especially when you're talking about racial representation, you know, like diversity and all that. If, if, if you are a person of color and you see a performance from someone like Leslie Jones in a film and you think that maybe it demeans the struggle of your people, you know what I mean? By all means, speak on that. But like... Don't you know? I mean, you got to be coming from a place like Chris said. You have to have an informed position. Yeah. You have to have a point. You know, it has to have some factual basis. You have to be able to point at things and say, "This is why I'm upset about this," and be reasonable too. Like, be like, "All right, Leslie Jones, I didn't like your performance. Doesn't mean I hate you as a person." Mm -hmm. You know, even at, like if I were a person of color and I was disappointed in her performance, for example, because I thought it would, maybe it was a racial stereotype and it, it demeaned you know my cause and the people that i identify with and all that stuff at least approach it in a like somewhat professional and or constructive manner and say well this is why this is what you've kind of done like this is you know you you could you had an opportunity to do more and you didn't do it because that's definitely happened before you know what i mean like there's that's definitely the, these guys are I mean, but trolls these, is but yeah these people are like that these people are just hateful you know and this is what happened with gamergate this is what happens all the time to people like people who are in the public eye. Felicia Day, you know, we've just talked about her recently in the show. Mm -hmm. she, you know, the Gamergate thing. She waited a while to come out and say something. And then she did. She put something out there on the Internet. And within hours, she was being attacked. And it was like the, the, the really crappy part about it. And I almost use the S word again. Yeah. The really crappy part about it is that stuff like that completely diminishes the momentum of any constructive feedback and constructive criticism. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the show. You know, Ghostbusters, like, you get, people are getting criticized as, like, if you didn't like the movie or if you have a problem with the way the movie was done, well, now you're a misogynist. Well, that's coming from the fact that there are thousands of rage kids out there who are just regurgitating garbage on the internet because they're, it's anonymous and they're protected, you know, that they can say whatever they want and they don't care about the consequences. There are real world consequences. That is a person that you're talking to and you're hurting yeah. them. You know, like I might not have liked Leslie Jones performance. I haven't seen the movie yet, but if, if I decide that I didn't like her performance, I don't want to hurt her as a person, you know, just because she didn't do a good job in a movie I saw. Yeah. That, that's ridiculous. Like this is the, uh, Open your eyes, people. You know, this is the real world. Like, what are you doing? And that's the thing that gets me is like you're hurting real people. You're causing right. – and then you're not helping, you know, like change these things. If you didn't like something about that movie, 
you're doing nothing to further the cause of making sure that movies like that don't get made anymore by yeah. acting but, like an idiot. On uh, so, and, and I'm sure those people haven't seen the movie. And, you know, and I wonder, too, because the way that feels to me is when they when they take to just attacking Leslie Jones, that the movie is probably better than we thought it was going to be. Because look at look at go look at Fantastic Four. Michael B. Jordan was facing the same things, the same criticisms prior to that movie coming out. And then that movie was a steaming pile of crap that it was. And it died because mm-hmm. it was like, okay, well, this movie really was bad, and that had nothing to do with a black Johnny Storm. <laughs> Actually, he was great. <laughs> He's in the good movie. at everything that he does. Yeah, and, the movie yeah. was badly written. Actually, the four main actors I thought were decent. Yeah, they. Uh, oh, yeah. But not I mean, Doom. He sucked. But, but so that tells me that you know you have no ammunition left in your pipe because the movie apparently wasn't as bad as you hoped it was going to be. So this is right. the, this is the route you've decided to go. Like as Jeff? A, as an avid hater of things that I don't like, <laughs> like I'll talk all day about how terrible BVS was, but, nah, but <laughs> this level of hate just on a single person is unacceptable. Just any hate on a single person for no reason is unacceptable, and this is way out of line. Yeah. Well, uh, we even saw some of that with BVS. People like dumping on Affleck, people dumping on uh, Henry Cavill, people like why they don't ultimately they they show up to work and try to do a job. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. With Leslie Jones, like I'm if I'm honest, like one of my early criticisms of the trailers was like, I don't like that character, but that's who she plays. Every skit she's in on SNL. That is who she is. That's her. That's her shtick. That's what she does. And. Uh, that's not my cup of tea, but I don't hate her. She yeah. still makes me laugh sometimes. It's not my favorite thing, but she makes me laugh. I crack up, especially when she's on Weekend Update. Yep. And, she, you know, she's always flirting with the one kid, uh, Colin there. Colin. And, like, it, it cracks me up. It, it's really funny. She does an exceptional job sometimes. Sometimes she transcends the fact that I don't like her shtick to being like, well, you're just funny now. Like, well done. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I don't like this character that you do for everything. But you've you've still won me over. You've gotten some laughs out of me. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen when I go see this movie. I was saying that before the show. When I go see this film, I'm yeah. positive that I'm going to laugh. I know I'm going to laugh. You can't Even just thought cast. of, like, yeah, like, it, it, my inability to be grumpy and resist every, every beat, I'm sure I will laugh. It doesn't yeah. mean I'm going to enjoy the whole thing, but I'm certainly not going to go on Twitter and dump on somebody because of it. Huh. This would, this one... Along with Gamergate and all this other stuff, this is the dark side of the internet that really pisses me off. And at some point in life, I'm going to be somebody you don't want to piss off because I, I will be able to take care of you very quickly. <laughs> One way that technolo- technologically, I don't know what advances are coming. But when the hell... Did you have a certain set of skills? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny line about about... I don't know who you are, but this is like the 50th time my daughter's been taken. I am all out of energy and money. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> but Charles has a certain set of skills. He's used Mavis Beacon teaches typing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep reference right there. Yeah. I actually have. Uh, <laughs> but when the hell do we think it's okay that just because we have a feeling of something that we can just go and, and f- – actually try to harm somebody with it you know in real life that stuff doesn't last very long the people who try to stir up trouble in real life they get arrested or they get beat down and mm-hmm. i come from an area where you'll get beat down before you get arrested and even then after you call the cops because i beat your ass they'll probably take you to jail because you're you're that person 
And the internet has unfortunately allowed a level of anonymity. And no, I don't have any answers for that. You know, this net neutrality bill, which is not about being neutral at all, mm-hmm. and it, that died, thankfully. You know, anything that the government has ever proposed is wrong because they always put their fingers more into it. But this level of anonymity does need to go away. If I know that uh, it's, I'm just. Well, the, even if it's not just the anonymity, though. It, it's the fact that you think you have the right to say that to somebody. Right. It, 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 this wow. is this is core human like behavior. This is like ethics yeah. at its you know most base level. Like you think it's okay. Like there are people who are doing this from their main Twitter accounts with their name out in the open, and they don't even yeah. care. They don't think it's wrong. I mean, you know, and there, like, and there's no consequences usually any of it. I don't want to start talking about politics on this show. But this is a year that we're looking at an election cycle where people are saying the most absurd stuff in the name of who, what candidate they support, and and like they're they're spewing hate and vitriol at the opposing candidates, and like I mean the it's and it's on both sides. Oh yeah, the the Democratic race has been as horrific as the Republican race. You know what I mean? Like this is the this is their they're saying this is the first political race that's been run in 140 characters. Right, and, and it is. This is the first time the all the candidates have actively been that social media out there thing. And the, the thing Hillary that, tweeted about how she's on Pokemon Go. <laughs> she is not. On she's so her. cool, kids. No, anyways, let, let, we're not going to get into the politics. But the point is, right. I think that's representative of the the culture we have. I don't think this has come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, I think people have always been like this. People have always thought these dark thoughts. People have always been like, I hate that person because of this. And there's been people who've always written in, right, mm -hmm. to celebrities with death threats, with with horrible things to say, with stalkerish pictures. Well, the the thing is, like, I think a lot of the the death threats are nonsense. You know what I mean? Like, especially on Twitter. Right. They are. It's a scare tactic. People say stuff like that because they know it will get you. It'll scare you. It'll rile you up. Like when people get doxxed and they they get the death threats, especially like with the Gamergate stuff and all that kind of stuff. Ninety nine percent of that is just scare tactics. It's terrorism. It's digital terrorism. You know, it's trying to incite fear in, in your target. You have like most of those people have no intention of loading up and going and hunting down said person. Right. But that, that's the thing. What, what I've always preached about social media is it's public. It's real life. You mm-hmm. think it's not because you're at your computer screen right. wherever you are in the world. And you think, oh, it's just whatever. It's not real. But or you is. act like it's not real. There's a disconnect in your brain. But it is. It's like you're standing in a grocery store or out in front of a, a church or wherever you want to be. You're out playing Pokemon Go and somebody yells at you about being a monkey on Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tell you this, if you ever threaten my family to my face, that'll be the last thing you ever do. You know, I will stomp a mud hole in you, and rightfully so, because I take that seriously. When it's digital, what can I do, right? Now, I'm not going to get scared. I'm not going to be yeah. afraid. But you, If you engage, you're just feeding the trolls further. Yeah, you know? but I think, and I think here's the good thing, I think, coming out of the political stuff. Okay, we'll just leave it at that political stuff and and stuff like this is more and more positive. People are stepping up like hopefully us where we're trying to change the conversation going, hey, you listen to this show. You think we're whatever you like us. 
And we're telling you you're wrong if you're a part of this, if you're calling this stuff out, if you're calling personal names, if you're doing this vile behavior, if you're giving death threats, you are wrong, and we will never stand with you. And hopefully that will change some people's perspectives. But the other thing coming out of this is I've seen many, many people. Now, I will not unfriend you because you're political. You have a right to say things. You, I mean, there's stuff that, Klotz, you were putting out with Bernie Sanders. I'm like, you know, I'm not into politics. I see your point. Cool. You know, we'll just move on. But there are people who will do hateful speech, like you're saying, Klotz, and I'm seeing mm-hmm. more and more people on my friends list pop up and say, I've been on an unfriending spe- spree. Oh, I've yeah. been on a banning spree. Because it's not that you're into politics. It's, that, it's what you're saying and how you're saying it. And more and more of these people are finding themselves ostracized. Will that stop the trolls? No. But it will change the conversation for those who want to truly be accepted. The thing, by that, the thing that gets me about the unfriending sprees, though, is it's it's a passive form of disapproval. Mm-hmm. People need to start speaking up. Yeah, and I do this. Like I get in trouble with this all the time, especially with like family members. I got family members that they'll post some nonsense on Facebook, and I engage. I'll be like, "What you just posted? Like, if it's like if it's a Snopes thing, I'll go find the Snopes link and be like, that's a hoax.' Right. Yep. If it's just yes. a nonsense." stance on something i will be like listen that's not reasonable like i'm sorry like i'm not trying to like be a jerk here but what you just posted is not thought out it's not substantiated it's just nonsense like you just you're just regurgitating something that somebody else posted because oh you know your initial reaction to it was oh that that aligns with what i think you know what i mean so like it's that's that has to stop People and too often to it's just up. the headline. It's not even the meat of the article. Like somebody oh, yeah, yeah. A, right. a clickbait mm-hmm. uh, headline and they're like, yeah, I agree with that without ever seeing right. what kind of horrible stuff may be contained there with, within. I mean, and, and so that this stuff needs to stop. Like people need to step up and say, turn to the person next to them and say, what you just did is wrong. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I keep going back to the whole Gamergate thing, right? The Gamergate thing really upset me because like there was there was a real thread of something there as a gamer, as somebody who plays a ton of games and is frustrated with the sponsored quote unquote reviews that are out there where it's like it's just fluff pieces. Mm -hmm. The fact that, you know, some of what came out during all of that showed that there was like collusion, you know, between media and developers was completely overshadowed by the fact that there was you know, more social media type stuff involved. And there was all the hate and the, you know, the heavy trolling and the threats and the doxing and all that stuff. And it completely undermined the whole conversation. The conversation was about how, you know, if you identified as a gamer gator, you were a misogynist, you hated women. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait, what? (laughs) No, I just don't want everything I read on every gaming website to be a paid review. And I certainly don't want developers and, you know, media outlets colluding to just try to steal my dollars from me without any merit. You know what I mean? Like I want honest, I want review websites to offer honest reviews. I want, you know, stuff like that. That's not really the point, but like the thing is like people need to step up and interject and say, no, like what is going on is wrong. And I had this conversation with people. I'm like the people who are making the death threats, you're wrong. Stop doing it. Like if I, if it was one of my friends doing it, I would turn to them and say, you need to change your behavior because it's ridiculous. Well, first of all, it's ridiculous. And second of all, I won't associate with you anymore. Hmm. You know what I mean? If I find yeah. out that one of my friends is somebody who's trying to dock somebody or trying to like make threats or any of that kind of stuff, we're done. Like right then yeah. and there, the moment I have proof, it's like, I'm sorry. You know, it, 
man, woman, child, doesn't matter. Like, no, you're not Devil a reasonable Charles, person. Like, I, I, He's going to stop a mud hole in your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I got some more things to say, but I want to, Jeff, how do you respond to these kind of things in social media? I, most of the time I block or unfriend, um, cause I have a tendency to lose my cool. I, um, <laughs> When, when people upset me, I have a tendency to not think a lot <laughs> before I just rage at them because hate begets hate. And especially mm. with me, I tend to hate on haters <laughs> unless sure. it's something that I dislike, like BBS. But <clears throat> that's beside <laughs> the point. Um, <laughs> and like, whenever, whenever I see people hating on things, I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, here's why you're an idiot. And then kind of lay into them, sometimes unfounded, but... I don't feel that I'm wrong when I do that, even though I like I know that I shouldn't do that because all it's doing is just feeding the trolls and building more. Mm-hmm. So I, I respect that you have that insight, though. Like, just to, I, I try not to do it. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm the same way. Like, I exhibit you know distasteful behavior sometimes when I'm playing video games online or like when I'm interacting on social media, and I regret it immediately. Like, I'm like, oh man, I really screwed up. So I feel you. I'm right there with you. I, I laugh because I've watched you play Rocket League. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I've been there when you played Rocket League, so I understand. But that that it does some of this does bring out the worst in, in people. However, here's here's the problem. Here's why you have to change your language. Why it's not harming anybody. Yeah, it is. It why is. do you think there's people, and I'm using the phrase people intentionally, out there shooting police officers? Yes, there are bad things going on real life in our world right now that have to be dealt with. But when you get on social media and all you do is participate in the rage and the frustration, all it takes is one person. That's why each time these shootings have happened, it's one person finally getting enough of it and actually doing something about it. And do you think they're alone? No, I think they were fed by trolls and by the hate and by the ugliness. And that is going into the real world, and it does overshadow. There's there were two police officer shootings of citizens. I, I see it that way because I'm not exactly sure of the details, but I am assuming it's white cops and black citizens, and that got lost because all of a sudden people started assassinating cops, and now that's buried the other story. Now you can't even deal with what happened to kick well, this it's, off. It's all cause. That's the problem. Yeah, it's all cause and effect. I mean, that's the thing is like when when you don't check people's behavior like like you know the whole issue with the cop shootings is cops got killed because like lately there's been a lot of news stories about people getting killed by cops yes and a lot of times it's not just news stories it's inflammatory language and stuff like this well and it's it's racially charged but the other thing is it keeps happening you know, it's it's like shootings in this country. Like I'm I'm a responsible gun owner that comes from a responsible gun owner family. But when Second Amendment conversations start stemming up, when we've had more mass shootings than there have been days in the year, yeah, I have a hard time defending my position when the evidence shows that we clearly have a problem. And that's what we you know we have a problem with cop shootings. We have a problem with the way people behave on the internet and in real life. And like. You know, we're a society where, like, law and order is supposed to step in and, like, but there's, right now, there's no policing on the internet. And I'm not for censorship. I think people should be able to yeah. say. No, it's self, it's self-responsibility. But, it, yeah, it's, you have to, like, I mean, if you're a racist jerk, 
man, just stop spewing it. Like, just keep <laughs> bury it deep. Like, keep your hatred deep inside and stop. The internet is not for you. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, here's here's what I'd like to leave this on. There was a great line from Preacher the other day, and the line is, "You've had this power all along, right there on the tip of your tongue." So my question is to you: What good have you done with it? And that's the thing we tend to maybe because it's easy to just spew hateful ideas or to to just ignore and unfriend people who are saying hateful things. It's much harder to do good with our words, and that's mm-hmm. I think the ultimate theme of what we're trying to say is do some good, change your life, right? change others' lives mm-hmm. for the positive. Think about if all of this hate speech had gone toward like fixing something like the economy or corruption in government. Think of what we could have done as a society. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. just like for me, like as somebody who constantly gets involved in like, like particularly with video games, I play a lot of video games. That's no mystery. Okay. Everybody knows <laughs> when I, when I see that like people are really upset with something and then they just rage, it's like, well, you could be much more productive. You could write in like a well-structured informed feedback post on a forum. You could write you know you could send in a bug report like people are like they encounter a bug or something in a beta game or whatever and they're like rah, rah, this game is garbage or programming mean, programmers are lazy everything it's like well if you took five minutes to say hey while i was doing this thing this happened it caused this glitch or bug and then you know this was the negative consequence of it and this is my insight they're not yeah. going to send you a personalized letter and shake your hand and like to give you a parade or anything, but that's going to get sent to somebody who's going to read it, and then they're going to say, okay, this is our issue. And if there's enough volume of well-structured posts like that, they'll actually understand what you're getting at, and maybe it can get fixed. And it's the same way with politics and government. If you put out hate and non- like, like not well-structured, just arguments that are, have no you know, purpose – that's all you're going to do. You're going to breed more of that. But if you put out good content, whether it be, you know, audio, on even on social media, like people, I always see people be like, why are we talking about politics on social media? It's like, because this is a public forum. Because nobody right. gets together at the town hall anymore to talk yeah. about the, you know, the state of things. This, this is the is, new Agora. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, this is the town hall. This is the place. Like, if you don't realize, and that's why, like, it's not acceptable to just shout at the top of your lungs on the internet. You know, whoops. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the same idea. You know, you wouldn't go to, you know, your public gathering in your local town and start spewing nonsense. Nobody does that. I mean, it, it, occasionally they do when there's like a national convention or something in town and then they stand out front with their time. <laughs> <laughs> but even that when it's, you know, protest, when protest is done well, it has an impact. But when protest yeah. is done sloppily or lazily or just like without purpose, it gets messy. I, you know, I think back to the riots, you know, after um, I think it was Freddie Gray, you know, like when when people are protesting and then some people decide to take advantage of that situation and start like smash and grabbing, like you've undermined any any momentum that that protest gained because you're looting, like you're rioting and you're looting and you're hurting people and you're stealing things. And if you wanted people to treat you better, you've completely destroyed that. Like just the handful of you that did it. Cause I know like when that stuff happens, it's not like everybody who's there showed up to start, you know, looting. 
It's right. a couple people used an opportunity to incite violence and incite opportunity and take advantage of it where everybody else is out there because they're hurt. They're upset. If you're hurt or upset by something, even if it's something silly, post constructively on the Internet and say, hey, this is what I don't like. And this is why. And this is how I'd like to see it change. Yeah. I think you and Matt brought this up uh, on an episode. I think it was an older episode, but uh, I was just listening to you about no, 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 about uh, <laughs> It was an older episode, but it checks it out. Was, uh, <laughs> it's tweets, and I think it was Zack Snyder. This is pre BVS, but I think it was Zack Snyder possibly that said, "You, know, I get tons of hateful tweets all the time. People love my stuff. People hate my stuff. But the one that got to me was when somebody had." I had a character of mine said something in, in one of my books and they tweeted the line and said, that hurt me. You know, that's the one that got to him because I never want my work to actually hurt somebody or to damage them. I want them to think that. And I'm pretty sure I heard that on MCU cast. You talking about that, but that's how change is affected. Mentioning that at one point, I don't remember what context it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what the context was either. I think it was in the light of Joss Whedon leaving Twitter and, and, and those kind of things and how you respond. But people yell and scream. You know, they'll tell you, I love your stuff all day long. They'll tell you, I hate your face all day long. But the ones who, like you're saying, Klotz, that, that well put together, well thought out, this hurt me. Mm-hmm. And this is why. And this is why. It, that That's how you affect change. Or this is what is good. And this is what, you know, it's that quiet thoughtfulness that gets through the noise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That reminds me of um, when the Occupy Wall Street movement was happening. A lot of the guidelines that they were, that the leaders or the, I guess the, the people who were trying to organize it uh, were giving out is the moment, like you can talk about what the problems are all day long, but the moment you drop your first f bomb, people stop listening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, well, we've covered a lot <laughs> of ground, and you know it's important. And yeah, this is an entertainment show, and it's a comic book show, and and we talked about a lot of fun stuff up ahead. But these conversations, this show was started specifically to have these conversations mm-hmm. because we don't feel like they're being had at least well enough or, or enough. You know, maybe they're being had, but we could always have more of them. So understand your words matter. What you do matters, and if we allow the trolls to keep this kind of thing up then we'll get nothing anymore. We won't get good movies. We won't get bad movies. We won't get people communicating with us. We'll get whatever they think they we, they want to do, and we'll have no say in it. Mm-hmm. And is that the world you want to live in? Because we've been there. Yeah. You know, where the only thing that spoke was the dollar bill. And, and you know, look, we had, what, two se- you know, eight seasons of 24, and, and, you know, there's no social media to say that show sucked. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, I apologize. Well, Stallion said it best. Be excellent to each other. Oh, I love you for life now. You're my favorite. Uh, all right, Jeff, where can they find you every, well, coming up soon every week? Coming up soon every week. Uh, <laughs> right now we're every other week. Yeah. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. We can be found at mcucast.com. You can talk to us on facebook.com slash mcucast, at mcucast on Twitter, uh, mcucast at gmail.com if you want to leave an, uh, an email for us, or you can call us at 573-CAST-MCU and leave a voicemail. You, you, I don't think you've ever done it that way before. I haven't. I, I don't know really read it. So, <laughs> That's true. So why why is it every time that I tweet at you guys, all I get back is an audio file of a fart noise? 
I don't even understand. <laughs> well, it's, remember how I mentioned that I can't stop my hate? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, Jeff, we appreciate you being on. I know we, we're very strong personalities here, and it's it's been a little bit of uh, a struggle for you to get in, but we appreciate you I'm putting sorry, in man. all of our stories. It's all on me. <laughs> this, this episode it's like has I'm been, just listening. This episode has been Clot's rants about social issues. Yeah. I apologize. It's kind of like you were on MCU Cast, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, check out MCU Cast and all the other great shows over at GiantSizeTeamUp.com. We've got DC on screen, booze and phasers, as we mentioned earlier, and many more soon to come. I think. Yeah, I can go ahead and say this. We'll, we'll have everything done by the time this airs. Pokemon Go podcast is now going to be not only an official member of the Giant Size Team Up Network, it is going to be a studio-driven show, which means we are going to be driving that show now, along with the great hosts that are already on there, and it's going to grow and be awesome stuff. So check out Pokemon Go podcast if you're playing Pokemon Go. Oh, it's an amazing I'm, I'm show. playing it. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your picture where you posted that you captured a gem or something. Uh, I haven't played it as much as I obviously should have. <laughs> so, yeah, check that out for Klotz, for Wisdom, for Jeff and myself. We're just going to say, I think we've said it all in the show. So tune in next week and go go do some good. Be excellent to each other. <laughs> <laughs> Breaking the Panel is the flagship podcast on the Giant Size Team-Up Network. You can support the show at patreon.com slash breaking the panel, and you'll find more of our amazing podcasts at giantsizeteamup.com. Giant Size Team-Up.